0: Let's go.
1: let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. Joining me and Phyllis today is Caleb Shearer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back. Talk up on that mic some more there. Oh. Get right howdy. up on there. Make it make it your uh, make it your special little friend. <sighs> <laughs> I know some Hello. of these these mics are pretty clean, but those <laughs> mics you sang into at Hard Rock Cafe the other day, we were talking, like, one of those has definitely got Carrie Underwood on her oh, because yeah. she, she did a private event up there at the Hard Rock <laughs> on that second floor not too yeah, long that, ago. that
1: thing has seen much better days. Yeah, some of the microphones in this town are gross, dude. <laughs> I, I, like, always bring, I always bring my own.
0: I know you always bring your own. I always bring my own. And it's because you see those ones that have just 50 years of stuff caked <laughs> into them like how does this still work i have no <laughs> idea well actually that's a test of the durability hey, of the Sure sm58 shout out the sm58 <laughs> but welcome back buddy and i have yes. to say welcome back because caleb's first episode was lost to the uh the ages of podcast lore. I think the Tour Stop podcast is officially (laughs) a real podcast now because we've lost an episode.
1: The two-time first-timer, you know?
0: Yeah, the second-time first-timer. First-time second-timer. But, yeah, we lost Caleb's original episode that we recorded, I believe that was back in March of 2023 this year. And I opened up the session to edit it one day, and it was just gone. RIP that session. just gone. And I remember texting you and just like, Oh crap! Hey buddy, <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> but it's a good excuse to have you come back over, and now you get to meet my dog. Yeah, you didn't have this dog last Lil time. Little Phil, Dogter Phil, as I call her. Phil's Vance. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's pretty friendly for the most part, and she's now chewing on her frisbee, which I'm gonna have to grab from her so there's no noise. Hold on.
1: <laughs> Just squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> yep, that, we don't
0: need a uh, dog noise coming through the uh, the microphone here. But the uh, the off mic second host right here is just Phyllis for for now on. Just just
1: chilling. Yeah, just chilling. Living living the dream. Even though she did bark at you and when, when you walked in. Yeah, it's got a few treats. She's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: the uh, the dog that I've got is pretty chill, but she only barks at men like new people. Mm. So she just <sighs> she just does that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like Brian and family guy. <laughs> but man, thanks for coming back and d- doing this again. We'll give it hey. a second a second thing. So now using your eyes, we can both verify that the session is recording yep. right behind me here. Just like last time. Just like last time. <laughs> it is it is recording here. We're on minute 3 of of us chit-chatting, oh, yeah. but Let's just hope that this actually works this time. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed.
1: If not, we'll do another one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what have you been up to, man? Tell me uh, how life has been since the the EP came out, because I want to hear all about that again, but I want to know what's been going on since the initial
1: release. So uh, had the EP come out uh, called Songs from the Heartland and uh, did a few shows around that. Uh, I got to play um, a... F- Full band show in Murfreesboro, where, which is where I live, just outside of Nashville. What venue um, was that at? Hop Springs, Hop Springs I love Brewery. That ve- I love huge that venue. place, dude. It's awesome. It's gigantic, and the it, it was fun. I had a uh, we we were actually supposed to do it at my uh, producer's house because mm-hmm. he has a um uh like he built out like the bottom floor of his house is like basically a venue, a showcase. Yeah, and That's so we cool. were gonna do that, and then um like four days before uh there was a big storm in nashville like there always is (laughs) like there always is and uh a tree fell on his house oh god so his roof was all messed up and like it was like water was going everywhere so it was like four days before and i'm like trying to find a (laughs) venue to play at and uh got to play there and then um that night uh had a What's the word? Had a, another big storm the night of the show, so then um, I spent like the whole day getting getting texts from. People are like, I just don't want to go out. In the, Sorry, I can't make I don't, it. <laughs> I don't want to go in the rain. And I'm like, hey, it's, Man, okay. it's get, okay, buddy. I still get those text messages,
0: like <laughs> when I'm hosting shows of the performers. Like if it's thundering, people are like, oh is the show canceled? And I'm like, no, it's raining. It's indoors. It's inside. Yeah, it's inside. <laughs> if we were at the Ascend Amphitheater, that's a different thing. Like they had some show yeah. last Friday get canceled because of the lightning, and I get that. There's people outside, but. If Taylor
1: Swift won't cancel a show because of lightning, then I won't, damn it.
0: Damn right. (laughs) I mean, she did delay it by like three hours hours or something. (laughs) That's crazy. I remember, so the guy who runs Whiskey Jam named Ward Gunther, he uh, did some some very preliminary math on how much that overage cost her because the city charges by the minute that you have a noise violation. The minute? And I forget what it was, uh, like the dollar figure, but I think... Uh, he did the math for Taylor Swift paying something like an extra $250,000 out of her
1: pocket to the city for playing music so late. Hey, I mean, people are uh, buying those tickets for like 40 grand, so she's fine.
0: Yeah, what's $250,000? <laughs> she's like, hmm, that's four
1: people. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's four or five people just sitting in the front row. <laughs> Dude, it, it's crazy. I, you got to give respect to that fan base, though. She's, she's the most famous person on earth. One of them for sure. One of
0: the most famous people on earth,
1: which is just bonkers. Like it's crazy. There's like, there's a lot of people that have like huge fan bases like that, but hers not are just, that way. They go crazy for
0: it. Those Swifties, they, I mean, the girls who, and I assume some guys too, that yeah, yeah. didn't get tickets, they stand outside the stadium. Do my, you see? Have you seen <laughs> the videos of people? My just,
1: favorite are the the people that fall for like ticket scams. So they show up at the stadium thinking they have a ticket. And And they they paid like $800 for it. And then they're just like, "Ah," and then they're just screaming the lyrics outside.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I might be able to name five Taylor Swift songs, but that's a
1: stretch. I was writing, um, uh, with someone around here and she was, she was talking about Taylor Swift and I was like, I was like, yeah, I like, you know, it's just not really for me kind of thing and she's like i think I, I genuinely think i can name every single taylor swift song in 5 seconds. Yikes. and i was like let's put that to the test. i literally went to taylor swift's spotify, i pressed shuffle and i did that 6 times she named every single one. that's ridiculous. i was like i was like i don't think there's like an uh, a single artist i could do that with. absolutely not. Maybe i mean like,
0: is my favorite band. i've yeah. got their vinyls on my wall and i bet if you played a song there's i bet there's still some that i'd second guess.
1: there's probably like i I was thinking, I'm like, maybe like Eric Church, I might be able to do like up until his new albums. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as, as in, into like his news, new stuff, but like, there's probably a few songs of his that I'm like, I'd be like, what is this? And then he'd hit the chorus. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. do deep dives of artists the way I used to. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm a big getting, album guy. I yeah, love I'm getting old albums. in my music listening age <laughs> where like I'll find, I I have the songs that I like. And then, like, for example, I have the new Foo Fighters album on vinyl right here on my turntable next to us. And there's a few really good songs on it, but there's eight other songs that I'll probably never listen to again. Mm. And I hate saying stuff like that, but, like, I just don't have the mental stamina to just deep dive in artists like I did when well, I was 20 years old.
1: like, nowadays, because the whole, uh, like, double album thing going on. The what? The double album Oh, where there's where like, like forty 50 songs, so some
0: like, <clears throat> songs. So, I mean, yeah, some people are doing double albums. Paige Rose is recording a double album right now. Really? But gosh, I I don't have the stamina to sit and listen to that much music.
1: And I, and it's some artists that I love, and I still like. I'm like, I can only, I only got so much time in the day, you know. Yeah, I've only <laughs> got so much time in the day. I can't just and, sit and listen to music. All like, day. I mean,
0: I sit and listen to music for four to six hours a night some I mean some of most of it's passive like it's in the background yeah, yeah, as yeah. I run around with doing my shows but I'm still hearing it and that's a lot of music that I listen to so the last thing I really want to do in my free time is drive back in the car and listen mm, let's go listen to the new Eric Church album
1: yeah I, I normally use driving is like I use try to listen to some new music I all the the old release radar on Spotify.
0: Yeah, when yeah. I was in college, I used to listen to music all the time, walking around campus.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. do
0: that, and then like I'd listen to music while I did homework. But that's that's just a part of my life that's just gone now, and I don't, <laughs> I just don't have any reason to. Mm, I'll sit and listen to my iPod
1: for <laughs> three hours today. My click wheel iPod that I had for so long. Yeah. Um, Let me put my iPod next to the speaker so I can record a ringtone for this thing. (laughs) Dude, I
0: had the first generation iPod video came out in 2007 or something, 2006. Damn. And I remember being so thrilled to watch like Pirates of the Caribbean on a one and a half inch screen. (laughs) It's like I could have watched the DVD that I had at my house on an actual big TV. Yeah. But instead, I was like, mm, I'm going to watch it in my bed on a one and a half cool. inch screen because it's cool. <laughs> Listen to it on headphones.
1: Yeah, shitty headphones too. Yeah,
0: really <laughs> shitty, <laughs> cheap headphones. And like, I, I would never want to just... I would never elect now to just, I'm going to sit and watch a movie on my iPhone. Dude, I'll i have, go to bed I've, and watch a movie on my iPhone.
1: No, I've got a TV for that. My college roommate was a huge, like, or my first college roommate was, like, always, like, when uh, <laughs> we shared the, the dorm, obviously. And so I'd be, like, watching TikTok or whatever. And he would always be there, like, watching Netflix. It's, how, it's when he always watched Netflix. <laughs> it was was on, on his phone. I mean, now that I have
0: my hearing aids, they work as wireless headphones. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're the most expensive Bluetooth headphones ever. Hey. But the only reason I'll watch stuff on my phone now is if I'm in my kitchen and I'm not like actively watching TV and I just want to have some noise in the background. Yeah. It would be the same as it would be having it on my regular TV here. It's just louder. <laughs> yeah, just in your head. Yeah, I can actually hear what they're saying now. <laughs> But, man, thank you for coming back and giving me some more of your time. I know man. that you're a, you're a busy man. You play lots of shows. You write lots of songs. And you uh, work a, some kind of a job. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Too nice. <laughs> but you're wearing your, uh, your Mike Corn phone uh, swag here. Songs from the Heartland swag. Yeah,
1: you know, got to bust it out every once in a while.
0: I missed, I'm sorry I wore it yesterday, but I had on your uh, T-shirt that I got from you last week. Yesterday yes, sir. I wore that. Yes. It's a comfy tea, man.
1: Dude, hey, they do a good job.
0: See, I think one of the things you and I have talked about before is the branding and the merchandise Yeah, because yep. you have really good design work on all of your stuff.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I got to give a shout out to my, uh, graphic design guy and helps me with social media and all that is, uh, name is Hayden Meethy. He runs, uh, his, his company's called misfit me creative. He, uh. Is always looking for work. He's fantastic. It but, looks everything he kills that you it. have
0: looks like it's part of a cohesive brand, and that's something that I think a lot of young artists are lacking. Mm. Is because it, none of it looks consistent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. looking at your Instagram profile, for example, everything looks like it's a cohesive part of the same line. Yep. So you can look at it and. Even though there's not a million followers yet, you can look at it and be like, this is all part of the
1: same thing. Just passed a thousand, though. Hey! Let's go! Yeah, baby! Yeah, I mean, that was, that's definitely one of the things um, that we've talked about, and it is on purpose, believe it or not. We don't uh, don't uh, to make be. everything look like that on accident. You, you're treating it like uh, a job. Yeah, it because is. Because you want it to be a job. Yeah, hopefully. And it is one day. job.
0: <laughs> and I think that's one of the, the missteps of a lot of artists is they, they kind of treat it passively. And yeah. they're just like, oh, and now I have a show, and now my song is out, and here's the release, and bye. Yeah, and then three days after the song's out, they quit posting about it, and like, you have to do this every day for and six then, months. Now. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like,
1: they're like, why is no one listening to it? Why is nobody listening to this I'm thing like, that I'm not telling yeah. anyone to listen to? Because <laughs> social, because social media, the way it works is it's like the the algorithm doesn't. Not every one of your followers is gonna see every one of your posts. Almost well, as soon as you pretty post much it. ever. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta, you gotta. You work Post that it algorithm. a thousand times and yep. hope a hundred people see it. Yeah. that's yep. why TikTok. I've been making some. I've been making some funny TikToks recently.
0: I have not used TikTok pretty much at all lately. I love it's TikTok. just been off of my radar. Mm. I'm also kind of worried that the government's going to get rid of it, and then all of this work that we've put into it's just going to be like gone. Yeah, it, it was fun while it lasted, you know. <laughs> Man, but the 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 content you're putting up looks great too. So who's coming up with the ideas? for some
1: of the videos you're doing most of that is just i mean like i spend a little bit a little bit of time on tiktok um so just i i always talk about tiktok because there's a lot of artists in in town and around that like hate tiktok because of the whole like um getting like you know people all the artists that get signed from tiktok and all that but to me tiktok is It's basically like a video version of Twitter,
0: just super short thoughts.
1: Where it's like you just post anything you think of, Mm -hmm. and like just hope one of them sticks.
0: Because I mean, I had a viral tweet once yeah. I was on campus at college doing homework on the quad and I saw Jimmy John's delivery man <laughs> sprinting <laughs> through the quad with a sandwich in his hand. And oh, I God. tweeted to Jimmy John's and I said, now that's dedication to sub so fast, you'll freak. And that went viral. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like, huh, that's the that's the logo. That's the sir. That's exactly. the slogan. Like, there yeah. you go. And uh, like that went that went viral. And yeah, it's, it's I've never had
1: anything else go viral in my entire life. Yeah, like our uh our friend um John Olier, he shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out. Uh he has like the one TikTok he always he always jokes about it. It's like he he posts not as not not like crazy on TikTok, but he posts on TikTok and you know, does the whole like musician covers and originals all that stuff, but the only one that he's had that like blew up it got like Five hundred thousand views was him like cleaning out like a dead raccoon out of his crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why is that the one that blew it was up? like, why? Why I'm is like,
0: this the one? People I'm like,
1: watch? now, now you're understanding TikTok, my man. Like, okay, so in
0: 2018, <laughs> so we're recording this on July 3rd, right before my favorite holiday, Fourth oh, of July. I,
1: love, I already bought. I spent like 150 dollars on fireworks. I don't know
0: if I've ever told you the story of what happened to me in 2018 on the Fourth of July. I'm so ready. So. In 2018, that was my one-year anniversary, so I moved here on July 1st. So, that's I just had my six-year Nashville anniversary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, my first-year anniversary, I finally made a couple of friends. Uh, Anya and Jenny and me went to... People I'm not friends with now, but for the, <laughs> for the sake of the story, we went to First Avenue and Church Street. So, we were at the intersection right down there on okay. First Avenue and Church, right off of the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... That's where we were watching the fireworks from. Really close to the action. It was a great view. And I'm just standing there looking up. And Nashville's got one of the most spectacular fireworks shows. I'll say it's absolutely incredible. I mean, the whole 4th of July celebration is insane here. So I'm standing on 1st Avenue with my friends. And there's thousands of people all around watching the fireworks. And just in the middle of it, I get hit in the face with an undetonated firework mortar about the size of a baseball. Dude, it hurt so bad. It hit me like right above my right eye.
1: Just, boof,
0: <laughs> whack. And it knocked me over. And It, run, caused, run. it, it caused a whole scene because people see, they hear a whack, a yell, and then a guy falling to the ground. Yeah. And, and so it scared people. It scared my friends. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And... I got hit by fireworks that just launched mortar-style over the river right into Aaron's eyeball. Damn. And because of that, I wrote a letter to the mayor that year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if it had been a child? What if that had hit a kid? <laughs> I didn't have to go to the hospital, but imagine if I did. And, oh, I, I, got, I went so deep into... It was Mayor Megan Barry at the time who... Also got like, I think she resigned for some weird reason, some, some political thing that I don't know about, but she wrote me a letter apologizing for the lack of safety concerns for guests, as we called them guests of the fireworks show. Mm. And they said, can you sign a document that says you're not going to sue us? And I said, No. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, well, what if we give you and 15 of your friends free access to the sponsor suite at the Bridgestone Arena next year for the 2019 fireworks show? Open bar, free food, front row tickets. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So I took that. And yeah. then the 2019 year rolled around. I was like, I fucked up. I should have sued. <laughs> I should have gotten some money. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> a once in a lifetime opportunity to get hit by fireworks. Hey. <laughs> they they played you they, they, they must have known what was gonna happen <laughs> but dude fourth of july has always been one of my favorite holidays because oh, the best uh, growing up in rural missouri all we did was shoot off
1: bottle rockets at each other like that was just fun hey let me tell you growing up in uh, northern california we had some good sparklers um roman candles nope nope didn't nothing. have those hell no we we ain't got any fireworks is it, oh, it's outlawed, the whole state. Anything that goes off the ground <laughs> is not allowed. Firecrackers aren't allowed because they're too loud. Makes sense.
0: Um, I think the same way here in Tennessee, or in, at least in Nashville, because fireworks are illegal here.
1: Yeah, most, like, big cities, they're, like, illegal, but you go 10 oh, minutes out of town, you'll get them and come but back yeah, in, whatever. There's,
0: there's fireworks shot off everywhere in this town I b- found out in week.
1: Franklin, there's no fireworks allowed, like, not even, like... Like, nothing. Not There's even for,
0: like, the celebration. Yeah,
1: which makes sense in Franklin. Eh, yeah. eh.
0: Well, if you live in Franklin, you're probably a yeah. rich stickler anyway, so yeah. who cares? well, foo-foo.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, dude, yeah, I'm planning on watching it from downtown this year. It's just, I love the 4th of July green lights, drinking outside and watching stuff blow up.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going, uh, uh, I think I'm just going to a, some of my coworkers at, uh, this bar that I bartend at is um, having like a little like block party or something. So. Sounds pretty chill. Can, can never go wrong with that. <laughs> Alcohol and fireworks. What can go wrong? Right,
0: what could go wrong? I saw a <laughs> meme on Facebook the other day that said, uh, congratulations to the people who don't know they're about to have nine fingers. Oh, <laughs> not. They might be lucky if they have nine. Dude, some, I some mean. Some of those things. Woo. I mean my brothers and I I'm surprised we still have all of our fingers cuz we were yeah. pretty brutal with each other. Like we would shoot we really would shoot bottle rockets and stuff at each other. Roman candles. Like my dad always said just wear goggles. So hey, we wore we wore goggles and we shoot Roman candles at each other. Yeah. And he he's probably fine
1: too. Yeah, they're all fine. We're yeah, all exactly. fine. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, do not shoot fireworks at each other. This is not me condoning yes, shooting yes, fireworks yes. at yeah. each other.
1: That is it's not even fun, really. But if
0: you're 12 years old in rural Missouri and your dad says it's fine, then it's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, yeah, you definitely shouldn't do that because you know it's, it's yeah. It's not even fun, like it's <laughs> yeah. Don't even do it. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> don't even do it's it. It's not fun at all. <laughs> like fire, f- fire sucks, dude. Fire
0: sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about your music, man. I want to know how you yes. got how you got started in it. So you moved to Nashville in 2021. But yes, you, you came by way of Nebraska by way of being born in california yes i did so what's uh what's your musical background how did you how did you get started
1: so let's see most of mine is not uh similar to mo- i started uh fairly late compared to a lot of people at least here that I know um i was t- t- Either nineteen or twenty when I first uh, tried uh, learning guitar, it was my second year of college. Okay. And uh,
0: were you just looking for something new to do?
1: Oh, it was like like most uh, things in the music world started with a girl. Uh, I had just broken up with a long term girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, and so I asked one of my friends if I could borrow his guitar because I had all this free time now. <laughs> and, and I wanted to uh learn it and started uh doing some of that and probably did that for 5 5 or 6 months just trying to learn, you know,
0: you teach you, yourself to play then? Yeah, YouTube. YouTube university. Yeah, sir. You got to, yeah, it's the only way to do it really. I'm all too familiar with that. YouTube was pretty new when I started yeah, yeah. playing oh, the it's guitar it's crazy now. I think YouTube was like founded in early 2000s, 05 or so. Sometime, around something like now, that. Yeah. But I started playing the guitar in 2006, so I remember watching like old school YouTube to learn how to play the guitar. Damn, I was seven. Yeah, it... <laughs> <laughs> and aging myself just a little bit here. Damn, <laughs> Grandpa, <laughs> shut up, Grandpa. Turn yeah. off your hearing aids. <laughs> yeah, turn up your guitar, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you learned on YouTube, man. That's nice to meet a fellow YouTube you. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty nowadays you can it's like any song you could ever wanna learn how mm-hmm. to play. There's a guy just like sitting there talking you through it. And you know, I learned the the easy way to like do the the D, technically a C add nine, but a C and mm-hmm. then E and all that and uh, you can
0: anchor two of your oh, fingers on the same two notes amen. and just never move anything else except for the hey, G C D C There's G. no need
1: no need to really. Yeah. Um but so learned that, uh, started playing some songs like that, just cover stuff, and then probably about five or six months after,
0: <laughs> saw that coming.
1: Uh, probably about five or six months after learned try, trying to learn the guitar, uh, I wrote my first song. I was like, eh, I "What want was that called?" Oh Lord! Um, oh my God! <laughs> I think you. I think you asked me this the last time. That we did this, don't the, remember of the first song, and I was and I, oh my god, I remember what it's about, but I cannot remember the. It was about uh getting friend zoned. That was what my first song was about. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was
0: called "The Day Before." <laughs> oh, nice. Mine was like, oh, like you choose him or something, or I don't. So the the songwriting is fairly new. What has it been like living in Nashville with so many people being so? committed to just writing and the, the craft of songwriting? Oh,
1: it's so, it was so, cause so I had probably been writing songs when I was in college for about maybe two years. And then, uh, I graduated and I moved like two or three days after graduation. And, uh, you know, I came here and I was very much like, a you know, Yes, I'm ready. Mhm. I I know what I'm doing. I have arrived. Yes, Caleb is here. <laughs> and um you know you meet all these people and I I met all this uh this huge community with tour stop and everything and there's all these like incredible
0: writers and so that brings me to a question that I forgot to ask at the beginning is do you remember
1: how you and I met? Oh yeah. Tell yeah. tell me the story. Um so one of my really good friends, Caleb Kelly, was, uh, we we were writing together and he was like, hey, you got to check out um, National Tour Stop. And I was like, oh, what's that? He's like, uh, they do a Sunday nights at Bellcourt Taps. All right. Yeah. Got got The one per episode. <laughs> got to do you know? it every episode. And um, so I was like, what's Bellcourt Taps? Because I had an, even. Had no idea. Well, I, when I first moved here, I did. I I was more in the Franklin scene, uh, like Kimbros. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first place I ever played was um, Puckett's mm-hmm. in Leaper's Fork, which is now Fox and Lock. Uh, and then I pl- I used to play a lot at a uh, small bar called the Pond. Um, You've around there for a while. Yeah, that's kind of like the crew that I was in because it's like a it's almost like a separate community mm-hmm. from Nashville and. Um, it's very kind of different vibe, so I spent a lot of time around that, and then uh, met Caleb who was playing at the pond, and so we came up. So I had like no clue about most of the Nashville scene, and so he's like Belcourt Taps, and uh, I was like, shoot, okay, let's go. And we drove down and we uh, walked in. He he introduced me to you, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm a writer. You're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and then um, I did the The Kind of awkward come back like five six times Kind of introduce myself every time I'm Like hey good to see you man And then eventually uh, I remembered Yeah and then a- after a while I was like I was like hey uh, if you ever like You know need anyone to play I'm like I'll totally be down <laughs> <laughs> And you're like sure buddy and then, yeah, the, uh, got the, there's, there's not
0: a lot of red tape to play tour stop. Basically the rule of playing tour stop is the same rule as, as Nashville. It's just don't be a dick.
1: Dude, it's, it's most, most people like overcomplicate it. It's like, if you just go to venues, just go literally talk, literally go to, to the people, venue and ask to play. Yeah. That's it. And if you're not an ass, <laughs> if you're not an asshole, then people that's have asked
0: me over the years, how I get tour stop on at So many different venues. And I'm like, I ask, yeah, I go and I ask.
1: Hey, do you That's need a it. day filled? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah.
0: do it. <laughs> because sure. I mean, so many of these people who are running rounds like you and I, when you, at least when you were doing it, like we know who we know, but it's hard to meet new people when we're doing the same thing and we're having to, mm-hmm. we have to be on site and we have to be controlling everything at the same time. And then if there's new people there and they don't say anything, I'm like, oh, sorry, as far as I know, you're not a musician. Yeah. You gotta come up to me and say hi, I'm a musician, I'd love to play, and then I'll chime in.
1: Yeah, I'm like if you're if you're walking up to people and you're like, Hey, hello, how hello? are you? How? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's what it's, do you want me to say to them? It's so that? easy
0: just to walk up to somebody and say hi. Yeah. I don't see why more people aren't comfy with that.
1: Yeah, it's it I it, it's so funny to me how are this- you
0: pretty are you would you consider
1: yourself a pretty extroverted person? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I I've never had an issue. Like, I know there's there's a lot of. It's funny because it's like half of the artists, and uh, songwriters for that matter too, are like, the same that they are on stage and off stage is mm-hmm. like the same. But then there's like the other fifty percent are like, have they like they like go on to stage to like and that they like escape. Mm-hmm. Stage is like the way that they. Kind of uh, get away from it, and they're like completely different. And you'll talk to them off stage, like, "Yeah, man, you know, I'm just, uh, (laughs) just uh, I I write songs." And then they're on stage, and they're like crushing, and you're like, "Who who is this? What the heck?" Oh, dude, people who mumble on stage is so (laughs) annoying.
0: It drives me up a wall. I was like, "It's it's a tough. It's gonna be a tough career if you're uncomfortable on stage." Yeah, because like if you want to be a songwriter and entertainer. Most of being an artist is being an entertainer. Yeah. I mean, look back at all the eighties rock bands. They dressed or like, like 90s, they were there co- to entertain. 90s country to pyrotechnics, yeah. the flashy guitar stuff. Like it's all part of a show. And that's why we call it a show. Like, man, there's something to be said for entertainment factor. Oh, yeah. oh Cause it's a lot of people in Nashville are, think that the song should be enough. And it,
1: it's not enough. Yeah, it's, it's. Um, there's a lot of, oh, what's the word? Like, pe- people try to look through, like, rose-colored glasses at it. And they, like, try to, they look at it through, like, an idealist standpoint of, okay. like, it should be this way. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, it yeah. It should, but
0: it isn't. It should so. all be about the art, but it's not. Yeah. So, so one of the things that came up, I posted on my Facebook the other day and I, I'm known for posting sassy stuff on my Facebook, <laughs> but I posted saying, if you have a local draw of 10 people, you do not need a manager. I, know, I saw
1: that and I was like,
0: and it's true because it's like, you don't have anything to manage and yeah. people got upset about that and they're like, well, what if the talent is there But uh, the the numbers aren't. I'm like, everyone in this town has talent.
1: They they correlate, to be honest.
0: Yeah, everyone has talent in this town. And talent's not enough. You have to have the whole package. That's why
1: these people have
0: millions of followers, millions of streams, millions of whatever. And then they play lots of shows. And then it's like, it's all of these things that just add up into one big music industry sandwich.
1: Yeah, because you need talent in more forms than just music. Oh, you need absolutely! To, you need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to present yourself. You need to know how to talk to people.
0: Yeah, the and, people who get off stage and they just they just mumble. And I'm like, no, go yeah. up, shake someone's hand, squeeze it harder than you think you should. Yep, and
1: be there for it. Yeah, maybe shake a little ass if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the girls love it, man. But the guys I mean, love it too. Have you ever Girl interacted
0: with me at a tour stop show where I'm? different on stage versus off stage no because yeah. i don't want to call myself a character but i have to be the per- i have to be a persona i have to be the most excited person there yeah because if well, you're it, not it excited off of yeah your, if i'm not you know, excited about being there why would the audience be
1: and you can't expect anyone else to be yeah if, so the same goes not. for
0: artists on stage if you're bored on stage and you show that you're bored the audience won't chime in because they like oh, who cares yeah, you're, like,
1: on your phone while other people are playing. Yeah.
0: And that's why I tell people to stay after your show is over. Because if you run out of there as soon as you're done, it looks like you didn't want to be there. Yeah. And it tells the audience that they shouldn't be there either.
1: Yeah, the only other the only time I've ever done that is when I have, like, another round or, like, I've had plans with, like, some something important that I can't stay with. Yeah, it's fine but. to do
0: sometimes, but there are people who've played – my show several times and every single time they they're the only thing they're there to do is show up five minutes before they play play their three songs and leave the moment their show is over i'm like if you stayed for an extra half an hour you could find five people in this room who want to follow you on instagram yep and it takes 30 minutes and some people just don't care and i think that's the difference between the people who want to make it and the people who will make it
1: well that's the the other difference between the like those are always the people that complain about. they are the same you'd you'd wonder why they're because they're not willing
0: to do even the bare minimum i'm like that's that's like 101 of
1: networking yeah one being it, it should there be.
0: how to be in nashville 101 go to the shows stay, go, at, the stay shows. at the shows <laughs> talk to people at the shows yeah and yeah, it, we're, we sound kind of jaded and you haven't even been here that long to be jaded, yeah. but man, it's so true because that's one of the reasons I, I liked you is because you started coming out and that's one reason, not the, the reason why I love booking you, but it's just, yeah. you're supportive of the thing you want to be part of. And that goes all the way to the top. Because if you start showing these publishing companies that you're invested in their writers or the shows their writers are playing, and you just start seeing them around, eventually one of those people is going to say, "Hey, do you want to come write with us sometime?" Yeah. Or, well, it's the or same. "Hey, we're having a cookout. Do you want to come hang?" Yeah. Stuff. It's so much more about relationship building in this town than just being a talented songwriter.
1: Well, it's the same idea as um, I remember. I was listening to one of the ep- I can't remember what episode of the podcast you were uh, doing, but. You were talking about there was a band that you you kept seeing their sticker everywhere. Yeah, that's multi ultra. You, you booked them without ever meeting them, and I'm like, it's that same concept of like if if you see if if I'm there all the time, then the people the, the people notice that people when someone shows them. up to every show. Or you could go to every other. Just show. about
0: every place in live that has live music in Nashville and find a tour
1: stop sticker somewhere. Yeah. It's just there and promoter promoters like no, they always notice when oh when yeah someone I'm looking shows up multiple times when
0: i'm taking a leak in that bathroom's urinal i got 30 seconds to look around i can't go anywhere that's a cool sticker yeah <laughs> that's a cool sticker and that's exactly what happened with multi ultra and they just won lightning 100s music city mayhem and they're they're an incredible band and the reason i know those guys is all because they it, just put their, sticker put their stickers everywhere, everywhere. they just that's it. I had never heard of them before, but one day I was just like, hmm, I do see that sticker everywhere. I'm just going to look them up. And yeah. then I looked them up and was like, oh, sweet. They're a rock band. And I was like, oh, cool. I to their music. Cool. Like, damn, this music's good.
1: I'm going to DM them real quick. Yeah. Get them on, on a show.
0: guerrilla marketing like that, street marketing like that is so effective. Yep. Way more than you think. It's like handing out flyers. Yeah. Just, oh my God, dude. Nowadays. I will sing the praises of paper flyers forever.
1: It just they still work. <laughs> I did. Um, so I played uh, the listening room in Pigeon Forge, mm-hmm. which um, is a little notoriously like hard to get seats in, and or to get uh, to get pe- people get in. people in. And it uh, doesn't
0: have the built-in audience that the Nashville location does. Yeah, yet.
1: like the built-in audience is like for Nashville is just like mm-hmm. you got to sell like th- they'll like probably half the tickets are just mm-hmm. because of they'll, them. they'll
0: sell at least 150 tickets just because, because it is yeah. what it is
1: but uh like when i went out and played there i uh shout out to my graphic guy had him uh make a cool poster and um i printed them out like little uh four per sheet mm-hmm. of paper The little four by six yeah, yeah yeah and um and i was uh out at Oh my god! What's that? You've been to Pigeon Forge before? I've never been to Pigeon Forge. Really? Never have. Oh, it's fun. It's i uh, it's fun if you have money. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's most of the places yeah, in the world. Yeah, I'm like, if I had like no budget, I could spend weeks in Pigeon Forge. <laughs> but, um, but I'm I'm standing. There's like the main tourist spot. It's called the Island, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a little river goes around it, and then it's like huge, huge tourist trap. Like there's a uh, old smoky like distillery there, like carnival rides and it's cool margaritaville stuff and me and the guys that i was playing with we went out there and we were just handing them out and we're like hey we're playing a show it's like right across the river um it's a five dollars ticket there's nothing cheaper to do in pigeon forge like five bucks is cheap yeah like dinner and a show like come on out and um i I remember I was talking to the guy that runs that, and I, before the show had started, had sold, like, 30 tickets, and at the end, I think it was, like, 50-something. That's dope. Which, out there is, like, because, I mean... it's a the, big show there. Because the second show that night had, like, four tickets sold before the show started. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the two shows so the day did, before... if you did 50 tickets there, yeah. they
0: probably loved you.
1: Yeah. They're like, when do you want to come back? And I was like, oh... Maybe. It's like, how about you book me at the, the Nashville location now? Yeah. How about you pay me and I'll come back to this one, <laughs> but I'll do the Nashville for free. <laughs> it is a long drive out there. It's like two and a half, three hours. Yeah, I think it's three, three and a half. it's. it's I mean, I like to me. I, I would go. I, like how I booked that one was my family was uh, in town for uh, like my dad's side of the family's Christmas. So my siblings were coming in and everything. And so we just were going to Gatlinburg for the weekend. That's cool. And so I made some calls and I was like, is there any, like, I want to book a show out there while I'm there. And that's how I ended up doing that. So that that's if I probably did that, did that again. That's <laughs> why I would do it is I was like, I want to go out there for like a writer's retreat. I think that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, that would be four really or five cool. days out. So, I want to do one so bad. <laughs> I have so much more that I want
0: to talk about, but let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back with Caleb Shearer on the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. Like I said just a moment ago, Caleb Shear is sitting here in my living room with off mic third host Phyllis Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Yes, <laughs> just sleeping. Yeah. she sleeps all the time, dude. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> hey, it's a good roommate.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's a good it's a good house for it, and I mean she has no interest in. She's not really a playful dog. She's mm. pretty chill, and. She really doesn't want to do anything. She sleeps right there all the time. Can't complain about that. No. She wants to play for about three minutes a day. Some snuggles here and there, you yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> but, Caleb, thank you for coming back. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we had to re-record this because we lost Caleb's first episode. So when we initially recorded it, you told us all about Songs from the Heartland. And it's a four-track EP that came out on March the 31st yes, this year. Yes, but what was the uh, what was the song selection like and the writing of that because this is your first release as an artist right my
1: first ep my first like uh, non single release so yeah.
0: what was the process like of getting from i started writing songs when i was 19 20 to i'm going to move to nashville i'm going to give it a go i'm going to start releasing music here's my ep
1: yeah um so i was very lucky in terms of my producer is um a guy named Johnny Hulan. Who has been, he's my mentor and all that. And he's helped me more, more than he needs to, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> he uh, went to high school with my uncle, uh, funny enough. And that's how I met him. Uh, when I first visited Nashville, my uncle told me to reach out to him. And so I did. And uh, he o- offered to produce some singles. And then um, that we recorded four songs on that trip. Uh, which are the four songs that are on that EP and they were all s- uh, solo written by me and uh, while I was still living in the dorms in Nebraska and um, ended up uh, releasing the uh, three of them over the course of a couple years and um, I redid the vocals on the last one which is called um, a song for you is the last uh, the last uh, single off of that and um, it's the single we're kind of running with right now and um, it's uh, when, when I I had the idea of um, releasing all of them as a cohesive EP uh, because I once I got to Nashville and started writing with other people and learning more and honestly just getting better at it um, and a lot of my music now is subjectively better Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I wanted to package all those together and kind of bookend my pre Nashville music. That's cool. Um,
0: a little catharsis to yes. your musical experience. Before. Hence why
1: it's songs from the heartland is the heartland is the, the Midwest or Nebraska yeah, on how you look at it.
0: Corn on the cob, oh, microphone yeah. swag, really it. bringing in the, uh, corn Huskers vibe you bring from hey, Nebraska. We
1: love corn around here. Okay. <laughs> we support corn. Um, and, uh, so, you know, closed that chapter and, and then, uh, we got to, I, I remixed all of them. So they sounded cohesive mm-hmm. and, um, I, I, I was, I'm very excited with how it turned out. I love, uh, I love all those, all those songs have a special Did place. Did you
0: play any of the instruments on it? My voice. Just your voice. About just all saying. It. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, a lot of, uh, uh not a lot, a, a little bit of it. Uh, we programmed, um, just to save money, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, but hopefully uh, in the future we'll be able to get like full band live tracking.
0: Mm-hmm. An album is expensive, but it's it so does expensive. sound better.
1: Yeah, it it I'm I'm blessed because my producer he's really really good at uh, drums, like because mm-hmm. he he does it you know he he'll spend. On every track, like eight to twelve hours, just on drums. That's what that's what I've always done on my
0: releases. Yep. Is I I've programmed drums on quite a bit of my music, but I don't use sample packs. I build yeah, my own ha- kit. Yeah, he I build my it. own yeah. kit inside the MIDI program, mm-hmm. and then I'll go through and individually write in each hit. Yep. Because doing that, you can adjust what's called the velocity of the note which is like the attack of it for those of you who might not be listening so like if it has a lower velocity and it's a drum snare it'll be really really gentle but (coughs) if you max it out it'll sound like that
1: 80s gunshot snare boom yeah it's it for for people that are even less into music it's how loud it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i go
0: through and i notate the velocity and the the hit of each note perfectly so that I can make it sound like
1: as close to a real drummer as possible. Yeah, because yeah.
0: if a drummer is right-handed and they're doing a roll and it's some kind of you yep. can you can hear the emphasis on the right hand's hit mm-hmm. harder mm-hmm. than the left hand. So if you go through and you notate each little thing, it does sound a little bit more human.
1: Yeah, and he he uh, credit to him, he does a lot of great work um, with that. And uh, you know, we have a, a guy named John Conley who uh he does guitar in uh, Kenny Chesney's band and he is plays anything that has strings um on any of my music so uh steel guitar fiddle mandolin electric guitar bass guitar all that That's stuff cool. and he is incredible real real life utility player dude yeah no he's <laughs> he, he he is like genuine like he did a solo f- uh the first song that I have that has like a like bonafide like rock and solo mm-hmm. on it, um, is actually going to be the next single that's coming out in a few months. So uh, let's talk about that.
0: Wonderful yeah. segue.
1: You're uh, doing my job. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so tell us about ahead. the new song is thinking coming ahead. out. Um, but so that, that, uh, song is called hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, and it's kind of just about, um, ch- an artist chasing the dream here. Did you write um, this with anybody? I wrote this with my producer, Johnny Houlihan. Cool. Um, and, uh, it was it was the first song first or second song that i wrote uh in nashville okay um and it was the i think it was the first song that i co-wrote with anyone um and i lo- i love it uh the production on it is very kind of um neo-traditional uh luke combsy kind of big stadium kind of mm-hmm. you know um which it's badass um And back to that guitar solo, uh, Conley was like ripping this guitar solo. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, holy cow, that's insane. And John like turns around and he's like, let me do another take. That one sucked. (laughs) That's the mark of a good
0: guitar player is when you're playing a solo and the artist goes, damn, that's incredible. And you're like, that was awful. Please delete that. Yeah, I could do,
1: I could do way better than that. That's, what, that's literally better. what he said. And
0: you're like, you can do better than that? Okay. Yeah. And
1: that, and that's the type of guys you want, though, is, yeah. is the ones that'll be like, no, it wasn't. When I like, have okay. tracked
0: guitars for my own music, it's so I spend way more time on the guitar <laughs> solos than anything else. And I have a song called Rock and Roll Degenerate that I put oh, out yeah. several years ago. And the solo on that, I promised myself like I, I've got it kind of a, a hard line that if I can't play a guitar solo all the way through live, yeah. on the record I shouldn't play it all the way through or if I couldn't play it all the way through live it shouldn't be that way yeah, on the yeah, record yeah. and I promised myself it was like okay I hear the solo this way so I comped it together so I, I chipped I chopped it together of the pieces of the takes that I wanted and I like wrote the solo that way oh, but then yeah. I learned how to play it Mm -hmm. all together so the solo on that record is actually one take beautiful and it's so cool getting to hear music that's not chopped together yeah because you really kind of can tell sometimes the difference of like oh this this really was tracked live
1: yeah i it's one of my one thing i'm always whenever i get the opportunity to go into the studio one thing i'm very like adamant about is um i don't want it i i i hate songs that are like overproduced Mm -hmm. and you know i don't i don't mind personally like chopping up too much like if you're you're chopping up like individual syllables i'm like okay it gets it gets excessive because
0: when uh gosh i forget who the artist was i think it was Billie eilish she teamed up with apple and logic and when the new edition of logic came out several years ago they released a logic session of one of her songs called Ocean Eyes. Yes, yes. And you got to go in and see how many comps on the vocals they make for these huge pop stars. I'm like, God, she didn't sing any of this. It's crazy. There's like a 100 comps
1: on a vocal track, and that just blows my mind. And that's the crazy thing is like she could sing it. She's a singer. I've watched her live. She sings that song incredibly. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way it took you guys – 400 takes to yeah, get that song.
0: And that's one of the things that I like to bring to my music is like, just, just sing
1: it, just play it. I've always been a, like, I, I, I have always gravitated a little bit more towards like the raw. Me too. Style, which, which I think is kind of why I've always been in, into country music is to me, country music, mo- the, the, in general of country music is more raw compared to like pop. Mm-hmm. Whereas like there's definitely raw pop like and there's incredible. Um, but pop music but is centered very,
0: around so many electronic instruments yeah. that you could play it on an iPod and sing karaoke to it and it'd be pretty much the same.
1: Dude, That's like I, I, I've been to a few like hip hop concerts in my day and that's how I always I feel like it's like it feels like karaoke, karaoke a lot for of them. a lot of it. Yeah,
0: and there's a there's a hip hop artist here in town who I think you know named Hugh G. Yeah, yeah. I he love does him. live band hip hop, and it's he's, so sick. He's sick, dude. Yeah, it's so cool. And you know, like...
1: and you can notice that difference. Oh, you definitely can. And it's it's like it sounds so cool mm-hmm, because it's I don't think it's cool to have to
0: watch a DJ like and now you can play my song. Go one, yeah. two, three, spin four.
1: that track. Yeah, <laughs> play that next track, baby. Uh. Cool.
0: Yeah, play. press play, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the DJ just stands. Oh my god! Okay, so that reminds me. Have you ever seen the movie Never Stop, uh, Never Stopping? It's an Andy Samberg movie where he's a pop star.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so
0: it's so dumb. But there's a scene in that movie where uh, he's like the big pop star, and then his DJ literally just plugs in an iPod and just puts on like they're making fun of Dead Mouse with oh, the yeah. big with the big dome <laughs> yeah, head or Marshmallow, and they're just dancing on the stage and he's not even actually DJing. He's just running an iPod track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it's true. Be like we see sometimes. that quite a bit here in Nashville. Yeah. It's, it's uh there's a lost art to like DJ and I feel like you never see the guys just Actual like ripping
0: it DJ and Hugh G's dad was actually a, like a real life disc jockey Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. back in the seventies. And he would literally blend two different vinyls together and fade between them and there's a you're right there is a lost art to being you an actual you never see people DJ. do that
1: anymore. I loved um, my favorite rap album of all time is no one could do it better by the DOC. Have mm-hmm. you ever listened to that album? i I not. You have it so it was uh, the DOC um, is he's a rapper from Dallas and it's it's I think it came out in like 90 or 91 so it's okay. like old school and but the cool thing about that album is it was produced by Dr. Dre like when they were in the height of NWA and then every member of nwa is a feature on it that's cool and so it it, oh my god good album oh it's a badass album. i do love 90s hip-hop way
0: more than i enjoy stuff now
1: i just like the flow like of Mm -hmm. of that is you know it's like to you know teach their own there's plenty of good things about modern (laughs) hip-hop but i just love i love like i I think the beats were better back then i I do too Oh, my God. They're, because, they're so Because I mean, you
0: relied on a drummer to actually come up with a beat. Yeah. And nowadays, it's just, it's all programmed stuff. And you, there's a lot to be said for
1: good programmed beats. But, man, watching was, a drummer just
0: a, rip into a cool. It's a skill
1: in itself to, yeah. to be able to do all that. Like It's cool. I can't do it. So. I can't do it. <laughs> I sure as shit can't do it. I can't. That's like, Ed Sheeran is always like, blows my mind. Because mm-hmm. he does everything he does in like these massive stadiums. With no one else on stage.
0: Oh yeah, he does everything. He does, does almost all of his shows solo, right? It's like it's like Lucas
1: Carpenter almost. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So, let's talk just a little bit more about the new single. So you wrote it with your producer, yes. And the release date is pending still. Yeah, yeah, we're still when, working when out. some you, of them. Uh, when
1: are you shooting for? What's what would um, you like? I'm shooting for, like. Probably early October Okay Or late September probably. Okay Yeah
0: And will this be a precursor To another EP? You never know Possibly Yeah I mean That's always on the table For the time being It's just a single though Yeah That's yeah. cool Yeah That's not a lot of pressure To have to overperform With it either Yeah
1: I I do I I think it's a g- a pretty good song though so hopefully yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah we always hope that it's a good song if the
1: TikTok gods are watching <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, what are you what's what's your release strategy looking like and I will give a COA as I'm not a pro release strategy person I don't know too much about it so what are
1: you oh, what same. are you what are you planning on doing for the release of this new single um i mean pretty basic stuff just um kind of probably in a, in the next probably two months before is when you start kind of like hinting at it um you know maybe like put a little teaser uh you know like 10-15 seconds of it and talk about how you got new music coming all that and then uh do podcasts yeah just i mean book as many shows (laughs) and rounds and podcasts that's great uh, just content in general that you can around so
0: Are you filming everything for TikTok yourself or do you have somebody who's doing uh, it yeah, with you? I, I just grab my phone, slap it up. Right on the phone. Old school style.
1: Hey. Old school style
0: as if the old school is three, not just three yeah. years. I ago. mean,
1: I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll film it on like my regular camera right, and then edit it, in your edit it on. I use DaVinci because Resolve, I've also
0: heard that apps like Instagram and TikTok don't, like they they'll actually like make videos that are built in DaVinci perform worse. Like if really? you don't if you create your video in the app, it doesn't have whatever metadata attached to it. Mm. But I've heard that they'll filter out content that has other like editing software metadata attached to it. What the heck? Yeah, maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. I do know that Instagram also filters out content that has text on it. So Instagram does it does. So oh. if, like that's why my posts don't get hundreds and hundreds of likes, even though I've got almost nine thousand followers. Yeah, is because all of every single one of my posts has text on it. People's Interesting. names. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the video or like in the video or in the picture. The caption that there's an algorithm that reads images that have really? text in them. That's so
1: the algorithm like, is so if, confusing. If you have
0: like the The picture you put up the other day is the meme. It's like playing at the Commodore. The yeah, girl yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I don't, rem- I don't know what. What's the background that did, of that, nu- yeah? that did numbers on that? Really, personally. yeah, that was so like my lo- most I think like mean images a while. like that. If you, if there's a picture of you holding like the Van Halen album and there's text on that, I think that's okay. But if you have like superimposed text over it, like uh, you've seen on all of mine, yeah, 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 yeah. I think stuff like that gets filtered out. Hmm. So. It'd be interesting to do a like a, a study like post one Im- post like an identical image just one has words on it at yeah, the same yeah, yeah. time see which one does better.
1: Yeah, that 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 one was funny. It, people thought that one was hilarious. Because so. I'm completely
0: unsurprised when I hear things like that. Like these social media platforms cinching the amount of Yeah, yeah. Con- or the the amount of visibility something has like if you have a cuss word in it it'll filter it out or yeah. something cuz i mean i see people like bleeping their stuff on instagram way more than i used to
1: even though kids aren't supposed to be on there anyway so
0: yeah i see i see stuff getting filtered out more now so that it's not actually getting filter or excuse me i hear more things getting like bleeped and censored from the creator side mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get censored on the app side mm. so It'd be an interesting case study, but I'm not going to do it. It is what it somebody is. Somebody who li- somebody who cares. Yeah, who can someone do it. who
1: gets paid can do that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> somebody who works in digital marketing can do this. Yeah,
1: that's that's above go, my pay Go
0: test the waters yeah. of Instagram and all this other stuff. Yeah. But Caleb, tell us what's in the future for you after this single, man. I know you said there's there's a possibility of an EP or an album someday, but I know one of the other things that I always want to talk to the guests about is like. There's different levels and varieties of success in the industry. Yeah, what would be success in your books? Because for me, when I first started Tourstop, my first big goal and my first measure of success was being able to pay my electric bill. Hey, so I made it. We did it. Thanks. Amen. <laughs> so, what was? Uh, what's one of those metrics of success that you kind of hold yourself to?
1: I think there's for me there's like very different ways of success like when when i would consider like i've made it quote unquote would be like just being able to fully support myself full-time just um, playing music just playing music not no other no shitty side jobs or anything like that um but i mean i i also think success is it's very it is very subjective. Yeah. So it's like.
0: Success to you and I means very different things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think as long as I'm like, I, I'm making fulfilling music to myself and and play, like, because I, I feel just being able to play and put my music out is there's a bunch of people that make art that never sees the light of day. You know, and so I, I feel very lucky. The to, starving
0: artist is mm-hmm. not a
1: cliche. Yep. It's true. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I, I just think that me being able to put music out at all is a small little version of success in itself. So I
0: agree because I mean there's there's people who don't have either the the money or the resources or the courage to move to a place like this mm-hmm. and give it a try. So by by some people's measure of success,
1: you've already succeeded that's what I'm here doing yeah. that. and like I, that's I've been very lucky because like my dad is very 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 supportive shout out scott me. dude shout out Scott my dad he's the le- <laughs> 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 he's a legend uh, I know he'll listen to this for sure um but uh he's very very supportive of me and and I think part of the reason is that he he uh told me that like he's an amazing singer my dad um and he never tried writing songs but he could, I think if he wanted to, and, uh, he's, he always, uh, regretted not trying it. And I think that's part of the reason that he is so supportive of me doing that's it. That's cool. Yeah. And think it's I, to
0: live vicariously through you now.
1: Yeah. I feel, and not in like a toxic way either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I feel very lucky cause there, I know some of those, some artists that have family that's like. Very like against it, which is crazy to some,
0: me. Some people have families that that did not support their move to Nashville, and
1: like don't even listen to their music. And I'm like that, like is crazy. I, I, so I'm very very lucky for that. And you do have a very supportive
0: family. I don't think there's many shows that you've played of mine where they haven't just come to hang out. Yeah, I mean they love
1: you too. So they, they <laughs> so like, like coming to. Okay, it is they like coming me. In, they, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely you probably, but but they they love tour stops, so they always try to show up they show up whenever they can though they're dude thank you for always playing dude that's my favorite i have a quick question for you i wanted to ask i wanted to ask me the question yes so my uh this is something i like to ask people it what is the first song that you remember the first song that i remember because mine is um from like uh, even being a child from like in your life Mine is uh, Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. My dad used to listen to that all the time. And I, lo- to this day, love That's that That's way song. better than
0: mine. But <laughs> I started like playing on the, the <laughs> piano with my... My dad started giving me piano lessons when I was a, ki- a really little kid. I think it was like four. Mm-hmm. So I remember giving a piano recital with my dad. So he would give big, like, actual piano recitals where he'd play real classical music. Yeah, yeah. And then I would have a... 30 second feature in the middle of a couple of songs or something. But I remember I was like four or five years old and I had my first recital quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And I played a song called Mississippi hot dog. And that is the first song that I remember. And it's Mississippi hot dog, Mississippi hot dog, Mississippi hot dog. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's the first song I remember that's awesome i I played it on the piano
1: i i remember
0: that so well but the
1: the mississippi hot dog was my i played uh my first song the reason i remember that i was like probably four or five maybe six and i did a audition for like a local like musical production Mm -hmm. for it was greece um and I say, bless the book wrote, which I think is so funny that uh, like a four or five year old was <laughs> singing that, that is song. <laughs> but Dude, what a great question. The first song you remember, that's know, really cool. It's, and it's some people it's like, like some like super like out there, like weird, you know, like grunge stuff. Right. And then other people are like, oh yeah, it's like wheels on the bus. <laughs> because the first, I
0: think the first song that like affected me, that made me like mm-hmm. want to play the guitar was a black sabbath song called war pigs oh yeah that is really the first time i heard music and like something changed inside of me i was like what is that sound you're like "Ooh, yeah. i feel something with this it's like I, I felt something when i listened to black yeah. sabbath i wasn't
1: just listening to this but i
0: felt this one stuff like stuff like old rock and roll guitar stuff is what got me into music but it's as so far good. as just the first song i remember it is that mississippi hot mississippi. dog <laughs> <laughs> that is so good Oh, my God. Well, Caleb, thank you for uh, coming onto the thank podcast. You for I'll me. make sure that my we pleasure. triple, triple save this session so that Damn we don't right. lose it. Yeah, but uh, give us your plugs, man. Tell us
1: where we can find you online. So uh, you can find me on uh, any streaming service just by searching my name, Caleb Shear, K A L E B S C H E R E R. Wasn't blessed with an easy to spell name, so always got to sound it out for everyone. Um, my social media is all. Uh, caleb Shear music or caleb Shear official depending on whatever uh platform you're on i try i think most of them are caleb Shear music but just in uh, case yeah just in case just in case
0: and but, what's your website caleb sheer, music. Caleb sheer
1: just caleb com. caleb Sheer.com. oh my god it's so funny my dad uh he bought like all these different um like domain names mm-hmm. and he got like he he bought like uh Caleb with a K, but it's Caleb with a C, but with a K. <laughs> and then it's just Caleb with a K, with a K, mm-hmm. and then it's like calebhu.com. <laughs> dot com. like all these stupid <laughs> that's ones. funny actually. I was like, Caleb I, was like I I that would be so funny if I that's made pretty one funny. of those, the official one. <laughs> yeah, but com. Yes yeah,
0: sir, it got everything on there. Anything you'd like to leave our guests with today before
1: we close out this week's episode? Oh man, that's just if uh, I think if if anyone that's listening is, you know, thinking of coming to Nashville or visiting, you know, just do it. You only got one life, you know. Just do it. Yeah. There's there's and there even if you know music doesn't work out, there's a lot worse places to visit anyway. No kidding. So man. This and you place can al- rocks. you can always go back home. That's what I always say. Absolutely, but. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast
0: this week. My name is Aaron Shilb, and I'm the host of the Nashville Tour Stop podcast and all of the live shows here in town. So even though that is the end of this week's episode, please follow all of our social media platforms at Nashville Tour Stop. You can check us out on the web at NashvilleTourStop.com. We just announced our... I think it's like the next 150 shows I've got up on our website now. So, you can go look at our live event calendar and keep up with all of the stuff we're doing. We're going to have our 1000th show next year. The 1000th Nashville tour stop show. I got to I got to play that one, man. Yeah, we've we've had a couple of ideas of what to do for it, and somebody recommended having everybody who's played their first round ever as part of it. I was your first round ever? Yep. Well, then you can play that one. Yes, sir. I so also I'll...
1: need to play Halloween this year. You <laughs> have to book me on so a Halloween show. Uh,
0: so <laughs> we will have a big show. I don't have any an idea where or when or what it's going to be because i got to get through this year and see how many more we end up doing. The rhyming. The <laughs> Take that, Whiskey Jam. <laughs> 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 but we love our fam at Whiskey Jam. We love the jam fam. But, even though that is the end of this week's episode, like I said, follow all of our platforms. You can check us out on Patreon if you'd like to hear our archived episodes. When Caleb got here earlier, he was asking what happened to uh, the first 32 episodes. And we've got those all available on Patreon for your listening. You can get $5 a month access to all of the archive and our beginner starter pack. I just released the episode... Of uh, our Patreon bonus last week Is how to write a good booking email And that's the kind of content We're putting up for our bonus podcast Episodes for Patreon subscribers But in the meantime Check us out on the web at NashvilleTourStop.com Come see a live show Come shake Caleb Shearer's hand Buy his corn swag Yeah. Buy some corn, buy some corn (laughs) swag. And in the meantime, do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville tour stop.